You're listening to the St. Anselm Audio Podcast with Father Matthew Cashmore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please sit. When I was reading about this gospel and about our first reading from Leviticus, I thought a good place to start would be to understand what leprosy is and how leprosy works. Of course, leprosy still exists in the world today, but we have clever treatments for it and people are treated rather differently. So let me read to you what leprosy is, how it manifests, what it looks like. There are three kinds of leprosy. The first one is called nodular leprosy, and it begins with unaccountable lethargy, tiredness, and you get pains in your joints. Then on the body, especially on the back, symmetrical, discoloured patches of little nodules, at first pink and then turning brown. The skin thickens, the nodules gather, especially in the folds of the cheek and of the nose, the lips and the forehead. The appearance of the face is changed until the poor person loses all human appearance and looks. The nodules grow larger, they ulcerate, and from them comes a foul discharge. The eyebrows fall out. The eyes become staring, the voice becomes hoarse, and the breath wheezes because of ulceration of the vocal cords. The hands and the feet also ulcerate. Slowly, the sufferer becomes a mass of ulcerated growth. On average, this takes nine years to happen. And in the end, it leads to mental decay and ultimately death. Those suffering from this type of leprosy become utterly repulsive, both to themselves and to all around them. Doesn't sound very nice, does it? In any way, shape or form. The second kind of leprosy is called anaesthetic leprosy. And this is where you lose feeling all your nerves stop working. That might be the one that we're a bit more common with. It's the most common form of leprosy. You can't feel anything. You don't get pain. So you, you'll, you'll touch something hot and you'll burn yourself and you won't even realise. But believe it or not, the most common form of leprosy is you get both of those together. So you lose all feeling. You get the mental illness, you get the thickening of skins and all of those ulcerated, pussy, oozing wounds. So why have I decided to read out these horrible descriptions on a gentle Sunday morning in February when I suspect you're all dreaming of your Sunday lunch? It's physically horrible. I want you to understand the sheer disgust that the vast majority of the population held lepers in. Lepers were sent to leper colonies. They went to special hospitals that were called lazars, where they had to hide away. They weren't allowed to look outside of these colonies, except through something called a leper slot, where they could peer outside and see the outside world. They weren't allowed to come near anybody. They weren't allowed to talk to anybody. 
Now, I'm not that old, but I remember a leper house in South Wales. It was derelict when I was growing up, but nobody would go near it. It was up on the side of the mountain, well away from anybody, but we all knew it was the leper hospital. Nobody went near it. Lepers are visually disgusting to the whole of society in Jesus' time. I tell you all of this because I want you to understand how outrageous, I mean how absolutely outrageous it was that a leper should approach Jesus. How did this leper even get close to Jesus in the first place, given uh, the, the, the disciples around Jesus and given how they were meant to keep away from everybody? I think that's the first thing we should think about. What it suggests to me is that the disciples and the people around Jesus are starting to understand that to Jesus, nobody is beyond the pale. Nobody is too far gone for healing. Nobody is unapproachable in his eyes. The people who follow Jesus are starting to understand To Jesus, all are approachable. And more importantly, all may approach him. We're all wonderful in creation. And it doesn't matter what we've done or what we suffer with or how unacceptable we may feel to the rest of society, we can go to Jesus. And when we feel like that, when we think like that, that perhaps we've done something that's just unbelievably unacceptable, that's when we really should approach Jesus. It's all very well saying that you can and you should approach Jesus, but how will you feel when you do approach him? Does Jesus even want me? I'm so unworthy. I've done all of these things wrong. I'm hated. Yes, yes, Jesus wants you. Yes, Jesus wants to heal you. We get a taste of that in the gospel, don't we? Because we can almost hear the reproach in Jesus' voice when he says to the leper, of course I want to heal you. The unmuttered next line, why wouldn't I want to heal you? Of course I want to heal you. And Jesus reaches out his hand and heals the leper immediately. No requirement, no uh, no questions. He just reaches out and heals the leper immediately. And what does Jesus then say to him? He says the same thing he tells for all of the people that he's healed. Don't go telling people. Don't go showing off about this. Don't go boasting about this. But go now to the temple and be made clean. Now that's an interesting instruction, isn't it? Given Jesus' distaste for the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the law of the law of man-made law of following the rules of the temple he's well documented for not liking a lot of that so why does he tell this leper to go to the temple i think it's worth understanding that if you suffered from leprosy in fact if you suffered from any kind of skin condition that might even slightly look like leprosy you were declared dead the priests would even say a funeral for you you were already 
dead. So, if for some reason you were healed of this skin condition, it went away and you became well again, there was a complex ritual you had to go through to become alive again in the eyes of society. Now Jesus, importantly, told the leper to go and do this. He says, go and to the temple and engage with the priests there so that you may be alive again. And that instruction remains true for us today. When we are healed by Jesus, when we have done dreadful and horrible things, we still need to face the consequences of those things that we've done in society and to deal with the human world, to be accepted once again. To be forgiven and healed by Jesus is the most wonderful thing, but it doesn't remove the consequences of those things that we have done badly and poorly. We must fix those things in the world. Jesus is quite literally not a get-out-of-jail card free. But you're not doing it on your own. When you face the consequences of your actions, you're doing it healed by the love of Jesus Christ. And in this one short gospel, Jesus shows us his compassion, his power, and his wisdom. There is nothing for which you cannot turn to Jesus and seek to be healed. There is no situation in which Jesus will not reach out and heal you. There is no situation in this world where you are not loved entirely, deeply, profoundly, awesomely by Jesus Christ. So this morning, approach Jesus in the Mass at the altar. Be healed. Be sent out. Be like the leper and tell everybody about how you have been healed. And be alive once more in the world around you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Anselm podcast.